The Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 1. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. You may be seated. A father took his four-year-old son out to the back porch of the house and carefully set him up on the railing. And then the father went down the stairs to the bottom of the porch, and he looked up at his son and said, Son, jump. I promise I will catch you. And of course, the boy was a little hesitant. It was a long way down, and his father was there. But, but finally, after some coaxing, he gained the confidence, and he jumped. And his father took a step back and watched his son hit the ground. He quickly went up and dusted him off and he wiped off the, you know, his, his, you know comforted him and, and dried his tears. But then he said to his son, let this be a lesson to you. Never trust anyone. Have you learned that lesson in life? To not trust what people say? I, I, what was it in your life? Something, someone, maybe, maybe it was a re- reoccurring incidence that you finally said, I, I just, I don't know if I can believe you anymore. How can I trust you? Are you going to break another promise to me? We know what that's like in this world. The infomercials tell us that this item, it's going to change your life. Right? That ab cruncher, that robo sweeper, right? And it looks so good the way it works on TV, and then you get it in the mail, and it's a piece of junk, right? Goes in the basement for the next rummage sale. Another broken promise. Politicians, they tell you they're going to lower your taxes, they're going to add government programs, and all the while they're going to balance the budget. And then they get in office and they can't keep the promises they make, right? They tell you they're going to do what matters most to you, and 
how much can they really do? But they want you to fill that little bubble by their name. Another broken promise. Mom and dad tell the kids, we'll, we'll make it to Disney World this year. Right? Or, or the dad tells his son, yeah, we'll throw, we'll throw the ball. We'll play catch after work today. Or, yeah, I'm finally going to get to fixing your bike that's been broken down for ages. But there it is. The tire's still flat. Afternoon turns into evening, and you can only throw up the ball to yourself so long before it's not in fun anymore. And those Mickey ears, they might have to wait yet another year because the family car broke down, and that's where the money has to go. More broken promises. A groom and a bride stand before God, and they sincerely say to each other, I will. I will remain faithful. I will love you and cherish you as long as we both shall live. But how quickly? How quickly those vows of love and faithfulness turn to selfishness. More broken promises. You know, there's no wonder why we begin to question things. Why we begin to wonder if anybody can keep their word. Because we know what that's like to be let down. We know what it's like for people to break promises or forget their promises. We know what that feels like. And what are the first things you usually think when you hear somebody say, I promise to you? Well, we'll see about that. And maybe that's why. Because we've gotten used to people breaking their word, not being able to follow through on it, or having no intention to. Maybe that's why it's pretty easy for us to not trust a God we've never seen before. Or to believe in a book that was finished 2,000 years ago. How can I believe the promises that are here? God, how can you keep these promises? You tell me in your word, God, that you will send your angels concerning me to guard me in all my ways, that I won't even strike my foot against the stone, but, but that accident that I was in years ago, I still feel the pain every day. Uh, God, you, you tell me that, that you're going to meet every one of my needs for every day, but, but God, you know that there's some nights I go to bed hungry just to make sure that my kids have enough to eat. God, you, you tell me that you forgive every one of my sins, but, but why do I still feel so guilty? And the people around me, they won't let me forget them, that's for sure. God, you, you tell me that everything in this life is going to work out for my good, but God, I just, I don't see it. How can that be? More broken promises? I'm used to it, God. Why not you too? And maybe that's where these believers were at 2,000 years ago. Wondering if God had forgotten his promises. Wondering if God had failed on them and maybe even broken them. Because God had told their ancestor Abraham 2,000 years before that they were his chosen people. And that he was going to bless them. 
And that through them, through them, a Messiah was going to come to rescue them and set them free and to bring them life and peace and joy. Where was he? In fact, you go back 2,000 years to the believers at that time, they had just experienced 430 years of silence from God. No new revelations, no new messages through prophets. 430 years of nothing from God. Try to put that 430 years into perspective. 430 years ago was 1591. That's a long time. And you can understand why it'd be very easy for them to begin to wonder after so many centuries, after so many generations, God has forgotten about his people. God has failed to keep his promise. Another broken promise. What should we expect? Sitting in darkness. Hearts pining. Longing. To not only hear those promises, but to see them fulfilled. But all they get was silence. Until that day. When an angel appears to a teenage girl. An angel comes to this girl, and God speaks. This isn't part of our gospel lesson. This is right before our lesson. But, but listen to what it says. It says, the angel says to Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive, and you will give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. 430 years of silence, and God speaks. The promise of the Messiah that he had made to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all throughout the Old Testament was coming to completion. Just as he promised. And Mary certainly is overwhelmed by what she hears and isn't quite sure what to make of all of it. And so the angel leaves her. And what does she do? Well, he told me that my relative Elizabeth is pregnant and she's unable to bear children and she's old. Well, I need to go see her. And if she's pregnant, if she's really in her sixth month, like the angel told me, maybe this other promise can be true too. And that's where our lesson picks up. Mary hurries off to see Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth hears Mary's greeting, the baby leaps in her womb. And Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, Elizabeth exclaims, Blessed are you, Mary, among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. 
What the angel had told Mary is confirmed in the words of Elizabeth as she is filled with the Holy Spirit that, Mary, I know you're going to give birth. You are the mother of my Lord. You you are going to give birth to the fulfillment of that promise. God keeps his promise. He's sending the Messiah to rescue us. Just think about what this meant for these believers who had nothing but silence for generations, and then to be able to have this revelation of God. What their hearts were pining for, what they were longing for as they sat in darkness. Here he comes, the Savior promise. And Mary hears the words of Elizabeth and puts it together with what she's heard from the angel, and she just absolutely bursts into song here. And in her song, you get to hear what her and her people were going through. They had been humbled. They felt like they had been trampled on, maybe like they had been forgotten, but yet God is faithful. God comes to rescue his people just as he promised. Just consider how important this was to these believers. They are the children of the promise. They can trace their lineage all the way back to Abraham. They were God's chosen people. They were the ones through whom God promised to send that Messiah. And you understand why Mary and Elizabeth would be filled with such joy and praise as they hear the news. And friends, we can't help but along with Mary burst into song too. For what God has done for us as his chosen people. Just as he promised. Because think about it for just a moment. What, what if God had not kept this promise? What if God would not have sent this Savior? What if God would have forgotten about it or failed on it or just broken it completely? You know what it would mean? Doom. Hell. No chance. It would mean that in this life you could have no peace. Because those sins that you do, those, those promises you break, those words you say, those thoughts you think, they'd all be hanging on you. And you know that you have to face an angry, righteous judge who's going to condemn you for them. No peace. If this one had not come, if God had not sent him as he had promised, you know what that would mean? Your life right now has no purpose. There's no reason to live. There's no reason to go on. There's no joy in anything beyond the fleeting temporary things of this life that are so momentary. No lasting joy. No greater purpose. If this one had not come, if this promise was not fulfilled, you know what it would mean? You have no hope. You should be absolutely terrified of death. There's no hope for you beyond the grave. But the truth is, dear Christians, that this promise made is a promise kept. That it has been fulfilled. That this one has come. That God has promised. 
We can't help but burst into song along with Mary when we know who this one is. Our soul has to glorify the Lord. We must rejoice in God our Savior along with Mary because we know what his coming means. We know what the promise fulfilled means. It means that God has seen the humble state of us as Mary sings. And what was the Savior willing to do? To take on our humility, to humble himself, to come into this world and live this human life in flesh, to humble himself under the law for us. What does this promise mean for us that it's been fulfilled? And we sing along with Mary, the mighty one has done great things for me. Now we know that this is no ordinary child who is born that night, but this is God himself. God in flesh, the mighty one who comes to do great things for me. Who comes to do what I cannot. This one, who we must sing of with Mary, whose mercy extends to those who fear him. That God does not treat us as our sins deserve. And that this is nothing. God coming to us is nothing we ever could earn. Nothing we ever deserve. Nothing. Nothing that God does because he sees some glimmer of hope in us or some good within us, but completely because of his mercy, that he does not treat us like we deserve to be treated, but his mercy extends to those who recognize him and fear him and respect him as God. We sing along with Mary that he has performed mighty deeds with his arm, that yes, he came to live in a humble, holy, a lowly state, but that his mighty arm has worked salvation for us. That him coming into this world was not just to be good for us, but to die. To die for all the good we have not done. He came to win the victory. He came to be the one who would take his mighty arm and destroy his enemies. And our enemies too to do away with sin, to crush the head of that serpent, the devil, and to take every fear of the grave away. His mighty arm has done powerful deeds for us, God himself rescuing us. And he has come, we sing along with Mary, to fill the hungry with good things, right? We're hungry for righteousness. We're hungry for peace. We're hungry for forgiveness and, and, and purpose and peace. And that's what this Christ comes to bring. To fill us with these good things that our hearts long for, that our souls desire, that we pine for as we sit in darkness to bring us into his light and every blessing that goes along with that. He has come to fill the hungry, you and me, with good things, with all of these spiritual blessings, and then old Mary sings of his faithfulness. She ends her song with these words, God has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. God is faithful. God makes promises and he keeps them. God will not ever go back. And how do you know? Look at the manger. Look at the one born for you. 
Look at the one who went and died for you. Look to the one who rose for you. Look to the one who's ascended and sitting at the right hand of God for you. God fulfills every promise. And how do you know for sure? Yes, how about that one that you've been doubting? Maybe that one that you've struggled with your entire life. How could God keep that promise? Yeah, that one too. Supplying every need for every day? He does. Just as he promised. Being with you and being there and never forsaking you, never leaving you, even if everyone else does? Yes. Just as he promised. To be there with you in your grief, in your pain, in your loss, even if no one else knows what you're going through and can understand what you're feeling? Yes. Just as he promised. Uh, forgiveness for every sin? Even that really, really bad one? Even that one I've done a, a million and one times? Even that one that no one else will let me forget? Yes. Just as he promised. Every promise that God makes is fulfilled. Every promise that God makes will be accomplished. And the reason you know is because God has kept the greatest promise ever made. A holy God having mercy on sinners like us. The promise of deliverance and rescue from sin and death and the grips of Satan. The promise of Jesus. The promise was made. The promise was not forgotten. And the promise was fulfilled. And God, the Holy Spirit, continues to come to us as we struggle, as we doubt, as we wonder, how can God keep these promises? How can he work everything for my good? How can he really be there with me in temptation? How, how can I know for sure? God, the Holy Spirit, comes through his means of grace, through this word and through this sacrament. And here, he fills us with his gift of faith. And like Elizabeth was, was filled with the Holy Spirit that day, so God longs to fill us with that Holy Spirit so that we can proclaim his goodness and his faithfulness. So that we can rely completely and solely on the promises of our faithful God. So that it might be said of us, as, as Elizabeth said of Mary, blessed is the one who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to them. Friends, with God there are no broken promises. Never. Ever. The Savior has come just as he promised. Amen.